it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Oh, got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome in to the DMVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, today we are talking about that basketball game that went down last night. Uh, the Buffs played Maine. They won. Was it? It was ninety to forty-six. Um, don't, don't spend too much time thinking about the score because you just know it's like it's like forty-point difference or something like that. Wasn't a lot of scoreboard watching in that second half. Um, so that's the plan for the most of the show, but then this morning I had a chance to talk with Daniel Arias. Um, we're going to play that interview. There's some fun stuff in there. Um, you know, I brought up like his special teams play this season and we get the stats every week. So the media gets the stats every week that includes all sorts of stuff that is like your normal stats, but then also things like special teams points. So the way that works is like you get a point for you know, forcing a fair catch or a couple points for making a tackle, whatever. And uh, Daniel Arias has a, a lead there. He's he's in first place on the team. I think he, he won it by quite a bit last year, if I'm not mistaken. I think Jalen Jackson might have been right up there too. Um, but he actually didn't know that. He didn't know that they tracked special team stats like that. Um, he was kind of excited when I told him. Um, well, actually, the SID guys were, were talking, too, because they were right there. And I was like, he, he does have, like, a lead, right? They're like, yeah. And they brought up that he's actually – Daniel Arias is two forced fair catches away from having the school record for forced fair catches. Um, so that's another thing to look for. So we talked about all that sort of stuff. Um, obviously, we talked about uh, his big catch on Saturday as well. 
The one where he's like reaching down, bobbles a little bit, grabs it. He said that he actually made three catches like that last week in practice. Um, and he thought it was just kind of weird that it happened again in the game after that happened there. Um, but but it was fun talking with him. Uh, so definitely stay tuned for that at the end of the show. And then and then we'll the plan is for Matt McChesney to come on tomorrow, Wednesday, to uh, talk about the football stuff that's going on. We haven't heard from him for a couple weeks just because he's been so busy with this time of year. Um, so there's going to be a lot to talk about. So we'll dig into some more of the football stuff there and then heading into the weekend with Washington on Saturday. Uh, first, though, like I said, digging into this basketball game. And to be honest, like there, this isn't one that you can analyze too much because basically what happened was Colorado was way, 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 way better than Maine. And that's what should happen. I'm pretty sure Maine is like 300 and... 30th out of 356 teams in Ken Palm. Um, and, you know, there's there's a big difference between the top of Division One and the bottom of Division One. Just for reference, I think Colorado's sitting at like 43 or 48 or something like that, uh, which is the best of any team going to Paradise Jam. Actually, Colorado State is second. They're on the other side of the bracket, though. Um, but they're at 66, I think. So if we get that championship matchup, that'd be a lot of fun. That's looking ahead, though. We'll have plenty of Paradise Jam talk coming. We're going to do live shows. I think we got four live shows planned during Paradise Jam. We're going to be talking about the whole tournament, filling out brackets, uh, making some bets, all that sort of stuff. And so that's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you stay tuned for that, too. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's Maine. And Maine is, I mean, if, if you trust those metrics, the worst team that Colorado has played so far. Um, you know, you get out there and you see that starting lineup and they actually have a, a big man who's, who's really big and long and I, he's a transfer actually. So and it's obvious why they brought him in just because they don't have much size at the other positions. You know, they start three guards and the, the guy playing the three for him, I think to start, he had to be like six foot three and maybe even that's a, a little generous. Um, and that means he's being guarded by Tristan Da Silva. And so the first thing that really jumps out to you is just the length advantage that, that you saw between these two teams, uh, or the, the length advantage for Colorado, and it paid off. You know, it was 45 rebounds to 23. And it's three straight games that they have won that rebounding battle. Um, again, it's three times that they should win that battle. And Tad Boyle said after the game, you know, yeah, we're, we're doing great there. But, you know, even, even if we rebound really well, the margins are not going to be that wide during the season. So we just have to make sure that there's other things that we're doing well. Um, he also mentioned that Maine was averaging 14 rebounds per game coming into this game. Uh, I think they played like a Division II team. They play, So it's, I mean, take it all with a grain of salt. Um, but the Buffs held them to four offensive rebounds in this game. And Tad said, I remember two of them. I remember how they happened, and I know who gave them up. And if that doesn't sound like Tad Boyle, I don't know what does. Um, but again, that's uh, it's what you want to see in this game. And I think that that's probably the story of this game, is that the Buffs did what we would hope that they would do against a team like the Maine Black Bears. I feel like they should be the Maine Lobsters. It's a waste. Um, but... Yeah, um, to get into some more details, Keyshawn Bartholomew is probably the biggest story, and he's definitely the biggest story. You know, I, I wrote about this a little bit, but 
you know, the, the first game, he puts up 19 points. He shoots a little over 50% from the field. And you say, okay, that's a good start. That's what we wanted to see from Keyshawn. You know, he's three of three from three. Cool. We can start to get a little bit excited here. But you have to remember, it's it's Montana State. It's also, you know, it, players can have a really good game and then have that be just a little bit fluky. You know, that, that could have been kind of the high watermark for Key and something that he kind of strives for the rest of the season. But still, obviously, it was a great game. There was a lot to like. In the second game, uh, he puts up 20 points, and he does it on 50% shooting from the field. There's some turnover issues, sure, but again, for the most part, just a lot to like from what Keyshawn Bartholomew did uh, against New Mexico, too. And at that point, you know, you're, you take a little step further and you're like, okay, this is this is starting to get pretty exciting. Like, this is uh, maybe something that we will see fairly often during the season. And then against Maine, he goes out. He's 9 of 12 from the field, 22 points in 23 minutes, few rebounds, couple assists. He had one turnover, and it came right before, right before he, he left the game for the last time to, to let some of the, the reserves get some more time. Um, and it was just a little traveling call and potentially a little bit fluky, but it was just another great game. And now when you see Keyshawn start the season with three games like this, again, you have to factor in, you know, if he had done this against good op- opponents, then we'd be saying, oh, wow, this might be a star guard on Colorado's hands. Since there aren't that type of opponent, instead we're saying Keyshawn's a really good player. Just how good, though? And if he goes out and and plays like this or close to this in Paradise Jam, you know, they come back and they have Stanford, then they have UCLA, then they're back home for uh, um, Tennessee. If he he keeps this up, if he keeps this up through that stretch, you're saying, yeah, this guy should be first-team all-conference. If he's you know, hovering around 50% instead of consistently over 50% from the field. You know, if he's if he's hovering around the 15, 16 point mark instead of around the 20 point mark, which is much more likely, um, then, then that's where you say, okay, there's a chance that he's an all-conference type of guard, um, but at the very least, this is a good scorer, and that's something that Colorado desperately needs this year. Um, and... We just have to wait and see. To this point, though, so many good signs. Any amount of excitement is justified because of the way that he's played. He's scored from all three levels, um, and he he honestly looks like McKinley Wright. That's what he looks like. Not 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 last year's, not Buffalo's McKinley Wright, but but current G League McKinley Wright, who's played three games and dropped thirty five in one of them, dropped thirty in the others, filling the stat sheet, and and you just say, hey, he is too good for the G League. And you look at Keyshawn and say, he's too good for these bad Division One opponents. And that's what you want to see. You know, it's kind of like Evan Batty going out there and going 6 of 6 for the, from the field in that first game. Um, because you say, yeah, Montana State can't stop Evan Batty. You know, does, does he have deficiencies? Absolutely. They're not really going to be exposed by Montana State, though. And Keyshawn is looking like he might be at that level, too. Um, and that's a huge development, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, in particular, you know, I, I want to point out, a lot of his work came early in the game. You know, Colorado jumped out to a lead pretty quickly. Um, I wonder, do we have any metrics on that? The last lead for Maine was less than seven minutes in, and Colorado kind of pulled away from there. Um, 
that's that's the best stat I have in terms of the shape of the game. Um, but you know, during during those early minutes, you know, I think when the Buffs had 13 points, I think he might have had six of their first nine, six of the first eight, something like that. Um, he did his work when the game was still relevant. It's not like he he backdoored this one. There were some more points later, but for the most part, it was uh, it was good early work in a competitive game. And again, that doesn't change the caliber of the opponent or anything, but you know, it puts different thoughts in your head and some of those sorts of things. Uh, we can move on from Key though, although we could probably just keep talking about him for a while. Uh, Jabari Walker, fifteen points. You know, he was a little bit of a slower start. But he just does so many things. He draws so many fouls. Only four free throws tonight, but, but he was he was drawing fouls that didn't send him to the free throw line too. Um, I uh, I am more and more encouraged with him every game. I think um, maybe that second game is close just because he was disappointing from three. But but he bounced back tonight. Um, and now he's shooting 40% on the season after going 0 for 4 in one of the games. Uh, but he was 2 for 2 from 3, 5 of 9 from the field. Only had one turnover, 6 boards, a couple assists, uh, 20 minutes. He had a block in there. Um, it was a loud block, too. You know, it was the kind of block that you remember. Um, and it's, again, what you kind of want to see. I think I'll, I'll give him... I'll say that this game was probably better than expected from Jabari. Um, it's pretty close to what you expect from Jabari against Maine, um, but I'll, I'll say he's just a tick above that. He wasn't where we want Jabari to be. Um, you know, he was a tick above expectations, but not for the goal. You know, this is a game where I think Jabari is capable of going out and scoring 20-plus points, and... You know that's kind of the question with him is is just how how far can he go? Um, you know that he's super talented. You you understand why the NBA looks at him the way that it looks at him. But you wonder, you know, what is what is the best game Jabari Walker can have? You know, we know he can have a double double. We we probably know he can't have a triple double. He's just not that kind of player. Um, we know that he can put up twenty. I don't think anybody has any doubts about that. Um, can he put up 30? Can he be that kind of guy who, who puts up potentially like half of your points in a game? Um, and, and that's kind of the big question mark at this point is just how far can he carry a team? Whereas a Keyshawn through these first few games, I think we're all optimistic about what the team could be on a night where he's your best player. Um, and there's going to be nights where he's not. And that's something that Tab pointed out too. And also not to get back on a Keyshawn too much, but he did point out, you know, now there's tape. Now, now other teams know what he does um, and, and know what he means to this team, basically. And they're going to scout him and they're going to give him some different looks and, and all of that sort of stuff. And so it's going to be more of a challenge going forward. Plus, the opponents are better. Um, but we do see him perform in the way that he performed and say, hey, he could, he could put up some big numbers. Um, and, and you could win games with him as your best player. I think that's true of him. I think that's true of Jabari Walker. I think that's true of Evan, although it is kind of a question. I think... You know, he fits better into that. I mean, he probably fits best into, like, your number three role, number three score. But I think you, you can absolutely win games when, when he's your second best player that night. Um, I think you can when he's your best as well. Um, which I guess that's kind of what they did against Montana State. Um, but then some of those other guys. You know, Tristan Da Silva, for example. I think he's capable of being your best player in a win. We haven't seen it from him yet. And that kind of continued. No, he did finish three of six from the field. 
Um, 0 for 3 from 3. He's 0 for 7 from 3 on the season now, which, you know, I'm not going to get concerned about it, but it's definitely kind of disappointing. You know, a conversation with Keyshawn would be different if he was 0 for whatever at this point. Um, but, you know, Tristan Da Silva hasn't shown enough to say that he can be that guy. He can carry a team to a win. Um, and, you know, he got a block. He, he made a couple plays inside. Again, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I really do think that his best spot right now is at the four. Um, in a couple of years, it could be the three, but you just need a little bit of a more refined offensive game. You know, you got to be able to knock down your jumpers a little bit more. Um, play with the ball on the ground a little bit more. Ball on the court. Put the ball on the court and go get yourself a bucket. That's That sort of stuff. Um, but right now... I think that because he's six foot ten, he's going to. If you get him an easy look inside, he's going to score. Um, if if you get him even kind of a contested look, he has a good shot. Um, he can go grab some offensive boards, grab a bunch of defensive boards, and put some of those back in. But when you're playing the three, when you aren't spending so much time down in the post, you 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 can miss out on some of those easy points. And typically, that's fine because typically your three in a college basketball game is like what six foot seven. And it's not, it's not that those guys can't go get boards and go get second chance points and and run the pick and roll and, and score off the pick and roll. But it is true that they probably, you know, they probably aren't effective enough that you're disappointed that they're having to play away from the paint. You know, and I'd almost like to see them run Tristan a little bit more in the pick and roll, just because whoever's defending him, he's going to have that size matchup. And if you get a switch, that's even better. If not, you can still post him up. I think that his versatility, maybe maybe at this point in his career, he's a player you have to use a little bit more, kind of like a chess piece a little bit more than a guy who is just going to go get his, which is what Keyshawn is. And, and Evan has some of that. Um, Jabari, there's a big question mark there. Um, but, but yeah, Tristan, again, we still just haven't seen it all click for him. And I do think that that's going to come here at some point. Um, the longer we have to wait, though, I think the, the more disappointed people are going to be, the more skeptical they're going to be. Um, on Elijah Parquet, he he had a very Elijah Parquet type of night. Um, played a lot of defense. Um, was two of three from the field. Had six points. Um, an efficient six points. He actually missed a couple of free throws. Uh, which you don't like to see. The buff says a team actually missed. I think like they they were eight of fifteen from the the free throw line at one point. Finished twenty one for thirty. Um, so definitely heated up there a little bit. But just one more thing to keep an eye on. Ten team turnovers. I guess is definitely worth mentioning. That's lower than we saw in that last game. I think it was nineteen against New Mexico. Again, ten turnovers. That's a number you take every single night. Ten turnovers against Maine. It's like yeah, it's pretty average. That's pretty average. That's kind of what you should do. And again, that's the story of this game. Um, so f- as for the starters, if we're giving out grades, Keyshawn gets an A. Um, Evan, quiet night, four points, two of four from the field, missed a free throw, seven boards. Like, you can give him a C, I guess, just because it is a low number, but maybe it's more of like a C plus because, again, his game doesn't rely too much on the scoring. Some nights are going to need him to score for sure, but for the most part, you look at him and say, like, He's the anchor of the defense. Uh, he's going to set good screens. Um, he's you know, those sorts of things. And and maybe number three is scoring, but 
it definitely is a number one, and so you can't knock him too much. We'll give him a C plus, maybe even a B minus. It's tough with four points. Um, maybe that missed free throw is a tiebreaker. But uh, Jabari, we'll give him a B plus, B B plus. Um, because I mean, if he has this night in Pac-12 play, you're happy with it. When he has it against Maine, you you knock him down a little bit. Um, basically, did what you expect, maybe just a bit more. Um, Tristan De Silva. I salvaged it, but you got to remember when the points came, and a lot of his were a little bit later. We're, I'm going to go hard on him. I'm going to give him a C-, minus, um, just because I think he's capable of so much more. Um, and if 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 you give him a, a C plus for this game, then what do you do when he drops 20? You know, you just don't give him enough room to grow there. Uh, then Eli Parquet, a solid B, um, just because... He did Eli Parquet things, Elijah Parquet things. Uh, Luke O'Brien, he, he was solid off the bench. Four points, made his one shot. It was a three. Uh, didn't turn the ball over. Had four steals, which is just insane. And that's kind of what you need him to do. He's a big dude. He's a strong dude. Don't blow it when you get opportunities on offense and see if you can make some noise on the defensive end. That's what he did. We'll give him a B-plus for that, honestly. It's... Again, I'm not. I'm trying not to rely too much on points, and so four points. I don't even care. Took advantage of what he got. Um, Julian Hammond in his first minutes, you know, he looked like a veteran. He turned the ball over once, but 50% from the field, eight points, uh, four boards as a point guard. Didn't get any assists, which I guess is a little disappointing, but just a good, solid performance, which is what you expect from him. Um, definitely fun to see him get out there. KJ Simpson just electric. Only two rebounds which is good for a backup point guard. It's it's not good for somebody who had eight rebounds in the last game, though, which is just an incredible number. But he's just a bolt of lightning, four or five from the field. He gets to the rim. He, he finished um, he, he finished so well in this game. Did all the things you want him to do. And it was definitely encouraging to see what he was capable of. Um, four turnovers, though. That number creeps up a bit. Uh, we'll give him a grade. Let's give him a B. Just because of those turnovers. Um, but when you're getting eight efficient points, nine efficient points with three assists from your backup point guard, you're happy with that. A little bump for the for the turnovers, a little bump for the it being main. Um, give, him, give him a solid B. Let's give him a solid B. Um, who else? Neek. Neek did his thing. He uh, It wasn't like a big night for him. Ten points. Um, on 60% shooting, five boards, two assists, turn the ball over once. Like, just that's a neat Clifford night. We'll give him a B for that. Um, Lawson, 0 for 4 from the field, made four free throws. Um, 4,017 minutes. Again, we watch those with him. Give him a C, C minus, honestly. Like, Tad talked about him after the game a little bit too. Said basically, like he rushes, he rushes things. And that's something that all big men do. Um, when all young big men do, he named a bunch from Josh Scott, um, Wes Gordon, Evan Batty, guys who just rushed a little bit. You know, you just gotta take your time. You're seven feet tall. You have three seconds in the paint, and who knows, you might not even be starting in the paint. Take your time, use the time, and and don't don't panic. He just looks a little panicky. Um, just a little. Quick on the release, those sorts of things. Your shot's not going to get blocked. You're seven feet tall. Um, again, I don't. I'm not low on him. And I think if he, he would also say it's probably a C minus performance. 
It's going to come. The question is just when. Does it? Does he break out in Paradise Jam against UCLA, against Kansas? Um, in the real Pac-12 play, does he become a, just a breakout performer in the Pac-12 tournament? Do we have to wait till next year? Who knows? At some point, though, he's going to figure it out. And when he does, he's going to be a good player. Um, so there we go. I think that's all I've got on this basketball game. So we can leave it at that. Um, there we go. Oh, <laughs> uh, what happened on that play? Oh, man. I really don't really remember. I just just did my job, just did what, what I was supposed to do. I mean, that same that same catch I made, that happened like three times during practice last week. So huh. it was kind of funny just the way it just played out. But shoot, just looking back, I was just looking at film. I should have just stayed on my feet. If I would have stayed on my feet, <laughs> yeah. I would have scored. But, I mean, uh, just, that was a good play got to keep working just being more consistent just keep getting better so uh, that just helps me just stay motivated and just keep going i just got to finish this this season strong yeah uh you said that you you made that same catch in practice a few times was that on the same play or just the same route um that was no that was a different route oh okay but it was low like that so it was just, just really weird the way it just happened but no it was a different route Okay. Oh yeah, you got a new Instagram handle? <laughs> yeah. What's that? That's six. That's six. Why? <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I did those is because I'm six, and then when I score, that's six on the board. I like it. I like it. <laughs> um, you know, it seems like you and Brendan Lewis, it's two Brendans, have kind of built a little bit of a chemistry. There've been a couple games where he's thrown the ball to you quite a bit. I think maybe the A and M game was the first. Yeah. How was that kind of developed? over the course of the season? Uh, I mean, A&M game was, was wild. Um, then after the A&M game, it started just getting kind of frustrating. And I don't know, we've just been doing some extra catching, just, just talking more, just building that like, chemistry more. So that has translated over to the field. But like I said, we just have to be more consistent. We gotta, I got to make those bigger plays. Like I remember that one play he threw on the left side, but it was a P.I. I should, I should. I need to make those those type of plays. Like I'm a I'm a big receiver, and I need to come down with those. I mean I know it was a PI. I've had a lot of PIs this season, but I gotta start making those contested catches. There you my go. Fault, my fault. <laughs> um, what's that? I mean, so so when you play kind of your style of game. You, know, you you get the opportunities to make those contested catches like once, maybe twice a game. Yeah. It isn't like you know a little slot receiver who gets seven targets underneath. Yeah. How how does that make it maybe tougher to move on when when you don't make one of those catches? I mean, like my coaches say, you just have to have short term memory. Mm-hmm. You gotta okay, that happened. I move on next play. So that's that's what I do. Just I I just tell myself, all right, next play, what I got, what what I have in front of me, what's my task in front of me, and I and I just execute. So I don't dwell on the past like my coaches have told me. Don't dwell on the past, Daniel. Just keep moving forward. Next play, make the next play. So that's what I focus on. I know if I didn't make the catch, if I didn't, if I didn't make the block, all right, that's me. I'm gonna get the next one. So that's just that's just my mentality. Was that ever a challenge for you? Oh shoot, I think my freshman year that was a challenge for me. But then as like I developed, as I matured, the more I understood that football. It's not get run over. Football is not a. a Football is not a perfect game. There's gonna be 
mistakes. There's going to be flaws, but you got to try your best to do do your part and do your job. So that's just what I try to do every single time I'm on the field. Uh, you mentioned it was kind of frustrating earlier in the season, but I mean, I guess the second half of that UCLA game wasn't perfect, but but for a few games in a row there, that, that passing offense has really been clicking. Brendan's consistently getting over like like 200 passing yards, whatever. What, what do you think the change was? And I feel like it's just the chemistry, just being able to just, we're communicating way more now, just being able to just talk after practice, being able to talk outside of football, and just having that chemistry, that connection has helped a lot. I mean, for me and uh, Brendan, it has a lot, so that has definitely helped a lot. What what does that feel like? Like, is that just, like, knowing where he's going to put the ball, or, like, him yeah. knowing how you run routes? Like, what that, exactly is the difference? That's just, so whenever I run routes or whenever I, like, watch film with them, I'm like, all right, you see how he's playing? If we could, like, get the ball right here, or can I get the ball right here? Or if I do this move, I'm like, for example, for the UCLA game, that, that catch I made, I was like, all right, bro, he's playing a certain, he's playing like this to me, so just give me a little bit of time to just shake him up and then get then get running. So he's like, all right, I'll give you some time. So then that's what we did. So we're just always talking about little stuff, like, all right, if you do this, Daniel, maybe I could do this and this and that. So just little stuff like that has helped us develop and have that chemistry. Huh. Is that, uh, are those conversations during games or in practices, like film rooms, what? Sometimes that's during practice, sometimes that's in even the locker room, sometimes that's in the tubs. So it's just wherever, whenever we see each other, that's when we'll be just talk. Okay. Uh, you're also leading the team in the special teams points. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what, is, what does that mean to you to be like... <laughs> I did not know that. Really? Yeah, I, I, th- I think you might have a pretty decent lead too, right? Do you know what the special teams points are? So this here is close. I think mean, you got is 19. Oh, really? oh, you're, yeah, you're leading with 90 points out of the stats. Yeah. Actually, you're you're high high you got 70. That's a big number. What does that mean? What so every time you force a fair catch, it's, it's things Platty makes up, but every time you force a fair catch or get a tackle on special teams, you get a point. So you have 70 uh, points. Yeah. So, yeah, what so is force fair catches are what you're, you're number two all time for force fair catches. And like CU history? And CU history. So what do I gotta do to like break that? Two more. I mean, that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> that's easy. Two more months, right? Get your ass down there. That's easy. The point is though, like obviously, like you take pride in special teams. You're out there playing them a lot. But what is what does it mean to you to to be up there on those leaderboards? I mean, I, the leaderboard doesn't really phase me. I'm just there to do my job. So mm-hmm. if I'm supposed to be in punt. And I'm supposed to run down the field hard and get the fair catch. That's what I'm going to do. If I'm supposed to be on punt return and I'm supposed to block the gunner that's in front of me, I'm going to do the best of my ability to block or stop that guy from coming to or stopping Vontae or whoever is back to returning the punt. So I just do my job. I know what I'm being asked to do, and I just take pride on that because I can't be just a offense. I, gotta be, I have to be – valuable. I have to be on a special team. So I'm going to do whatever I can to help out my team the most that I can. So if that's doing special teams, I'm going to do that too. So And I love punt too. I love doing that. Why? I, love, I don't know. It's just I know I'm fast. I know I'm physical. I know when I'm running down there, I could just feel the tension when the of the returner. And I just love when I see that first catch, it's like, yes, I did my job. So I just, I just love just running because I know I'm going to beat the guy that's going to stop me. I just love that job. I just like doing that. All right. Uh, last one. You got like two games left. Do you have any goals going into those final stretch? Yes. So 
actually called my mom the other day and I told her my goals for these two games is to I gotta break 100 yards. Okay. Both of these games and then get two touchdowns both of these games. So that's my goal, and I'm gonna work hard. I gotta I gotta break 100. I was close. UCLA had 70 yards I think. Yep. So I'm close. I just I just gotta keep making keep making plays. Just keep working hard and just keep doing my, my best. So I'm gonna just I'm gonna just keep working. Awesome. Appreciate nice it. talking. Yeah, for sure. Hey.